0: What's good everybody and welcome back to yet another episode of The Sankalip Show. So in today's podcast episode we have Aman Sadiq as our guest uh, who had graduated last year from KIIT University and is working in Deloitte right now. So in this podcast we have discussed about what are the things that you can do right from a very start in order to crack companies like that of Deloitte or Microsoft or any other good company. So this session is going to be very productive for all those budding engineers and other students who are planning to crack uh, certain companies like that of Deloitte or any other company. And also we have explored the entrepreneurial side that Aman Sadiq really have and uh, we have discussed about uh, whether uh, doing a job is a good thing or pursuing your entrepreneurial uh, idea is a great thing. So this is definitely a podcast that you cannot afford to miss out. So finally watch it till the very end so as you can get grasp the entire concept of the podcast so without wasting much time let's get started how are you doing i'm also good (laughs) yeah so how is the weekend going yeah it's it's pretty awesome like you know amazing okay dealing with people like you it's always seems good welcome to the sankalp show and it's really a pleasure to have you here on the podcast and uh, before beginning with us
1: let's just give a brief introduction of yourself okay so first of all uh, thanks a lot for having me on your podcast so i am looking forward a very i am looking forward to a great session and i hope i would be able to add any values to your podcast and any of the viewers who is watching this at this moment so let's get started with my introduction so i am aman sadik i graduated last year from kit university I did my graduation from computer science and system engineering uh, background, and I'm currently working in Deloitte Consulting as a consulting analyst. And apart from my academic and professional career, I have other bunch of interests such as in traveling, food, blogging and networking and meeting amazing people.
0: Yeah. So- This podcast is actually going to be very inspiring for all those uh, budding engineers that are planning to crack uh, companies like Deloitte or Microsoft or every other kind of company. So starting from the very beginning, like uh, when a student enters in his or her first year or second year. So what are the what would be the necessary steps that you would like to tell to the audience that they could start up so that, uh, you know, the journey would journey to crack these companies would be beneficial to him or her?
1: right so uh, b- before that question i would like to tell, like uh, 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 irrespective of the company that you are applying for like most of the companies look similar kind of skills mm-hmm. so they had they do have like certain company specific skills but they like certain skills which you always need to build upon. so mm-hmm. i would get, i would like to get started from there so it's something Absolutely. that you need to have your domain knowledge so even if you're from mechanical ces or electrical background The one thing that remains constant that you need to have that domain knowledge which you acquired in your four years and the second most important and critical skill in my views is the communication skill because no matter how much domain knowledge or academic knowledge you acquire if you're not able to deliver that in front of the interviewer or in the company then you are like you have no value because you need to express yourself Right. Mm-hmm. If I know like everything, but I'm not able to deliver that content, then I am not I'm of no use to the company. Yeah, exactly. so the second most important critical skill is communication and how you present your ideas and views.
0: Yeah.
1: And the third is like common sense. You always need to be <laughs> right on your common sense. And, yeah. and <laughs> trust me, it is very rare. Having common <laughs> yeah. sense is very rare. Common sense is very rare.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that compromises of like your apti skills. And how okay, you okay. think how you strategically approach problems your problem solving skills okay, so okay. these are the basic three skills which you can start building from your like first year mm-hmm. and then other stuff such as internships projects coding languages then these are side skills which you can acquire as per your interest and as per your company needs
0: yeah yeah okay okay so uh, along with all those things we are also seeing a huge hype about competitive programming among the college students so uh, like have you ever done competitive programming in your career as well yeah so I,
1: I tried my hands on competitive programming before my like stressful phase of life before the placements when I was mm-hmm. in like fifth semester, sixth semester. So then I thought, okay, it's time that I should also try my hands on competitive coding because I was not very good with coding stuff from like first year or second year, but uh, I I gained interest in that domain as well because of my interest towards the academics, mm-hmm. So, but I won't say that competitive skill is the only skill that makes you go like throughout your placement process is just one part. And again, competitive coding is more like a common skill. You need to solve active problems. You need to be efficient. It more tests your problem solving skills. So, and like, if you see, uh, like, suppose any company like Google won't ask you to write a extra algorithm or a shortest path algorithm for their Google maps. They already have those algorithms built upon in their system. So what they would ask you to do is work upon software development or some other industry skills. Mm -hmm. So industry skill is something different from competitive skill first point. And uh, and I would like to tell that if you are interested in competitive coding, rather go and master it. And if you're not that much interested, you should go like be good at competitive coding and look for other skills
0: as well. Mm -hmm. Means problem solving is much more important than, you know, getting stars on competitive programming websites. right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Because industry level uh, knowledge requires you to solve basic general problems rather than just uh, typing code and stuff, right? Right. Yeah, so, but it really helps out. Like competitive programming is something which really helps you out in order to. It, I mean, it uh, evolves you to solve more and more amount of problems on a daily basis. Right.
1: Right. But so yeah. So yeah. So that's what I said. Right. So if you are good at competitive programming, you are actually broadening your IQ level. Mm. So you are forced to think in that like 30 minutes of time. Exactly, like, time span about, like, is complex very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. in that way, like most of the companies like Google, Facebook, they have like Google, uh, Google, like Facebook, Jam Cup and like whatever mm. competition they have. Mm-hmm. So they just try to see the, the candidates IQ level. So how mm. they are able to solve complex problem in like limited time.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Now, uh, when we talk about all of this thing, there are two group of students that uh, we face generally, like the one side is completely based on the development side, right? Like uh, being a web developer or a software development, then the other side is other side of students say that no competitive programming is really important. And you need to do this anyhow. And if you're not good at this, then you're of like, no use or something. But when they go on to companies and other stuff, they see that Industry knowledge or, uh, you know, software development knowledge is very important and uh, their skills with competitive programming did not really come into play when they uh, come into companies and work on industry level uh, projects. So uh, what do you say on this?
1: I will give you a funny example on this. So (laughs) I have some of my friends who are like proper hardcore coders in my batch. And there were some of my friends who were like, even from like, non-technical, non-CS background, they were like, nowhere related to coding. Mm-hmm. And the people from non-technical, non-CS background got into coding companies and people from coding background was not able to make into coding companies. Oh. So you can see the like difference. Yeah, so yeah. it's not, at the end of the day, it's not about uh, the competitive coding or, or any coding or any like domain knowledge, but because the, in, the employer would expect you to be... Know basics, just basics, and they would train you as per the industry uh, benchmarking. OK, OK. yeah. So, but yeah. I'm not saying that competitive coding is not important. So if you are if you have interest towards that section, go and master it, because if you are doing mastery of anything, it, it is going to pay you off. Well, right? yeah, yeah,
0: OK, OK. So uh, I mean, uh, before joining the Deloitte, you were an intern over there, right? So yeah. So how did you crack that internship? Like, did you apply on, I mean, it, it, was it an on, on-campus internship or an off-campus? Or uh, did you apply from other sources for an internship? Basically.
1: So, mm-hmm. so actually what happened, uh, the in, the internship was a part of a, a PPO offer. So it was something like you will have, it was kind of a placement offer, but with a mandatory internship, okay. because in that six months, they want to get a strain on that industry skills. Okay, so that okay. was the reason. For, and it was mainly meant for CS people. So Ooh, they yeah. had a mandatory training for us for six mm-hmm. months in which they taught upon different industry level uh, technologies. Like I was trained on Oracle. Some of my friends were taught upon Salesforce, so on and so forth. So okay, okay. and it was a part of my like on campus uh, placement process. So mm-hmm. Deloitte usually comes get around like uh, July when you directly uh, get into your fourth year. At the beginning of your seventh year okay, yes. so at that time the comes to the campus and they hire people
0: okay so we are also seeing that there's a uh, kind of a startup culture that is developing nowadays in the colleges so people are coming up with new innovations and new ideas and they are doing uh, moving more towards uh, you know entrepreneurship or uh, towards startups startups and other stuff so uh, do you think that i mean going for a job is uh, Uh, better or going for a startup or running a startup right from the college is uh, going to be a better option.
1: Yeah. So uh, these kind of questions have no, no definite yes or no definite no, because it depends upon your situation. And yeah, uh, so I won't say that you should go for a job or you should go for a startup. It totally depends upon your preference. So but uh, getting involved in the startup culture is a very right thing as per my views because at the end being uh, into that culture teaches you a lot of lot many things and like foremost the foremost important thing is problem solving mm-hmm. because being a, being into a being in a startup you always need to think upon innovating things you always need to think upon solving problems because starting a startup from scratch or, or working in a startup makes you go beyond that uh, extra mile So yeah. it actually helps a lot in your professional career as well, even if you're not able to launch your successful venture, Mm -hmm, but it will add some value to your profile. Okay.
0: And now uh, from looking at your uh, LinkedIn accounts, we see that uh, there are a lot of uh, entrepreneurship programs that you were involved in, like uh, you went to I mean, there was a a, a certificate of uh, Harvard University as well. So, uh, I mean. There is an entrepreneur hidden inside you, but you are working for Deloitte right now. So do you think that these two qualities can, I mean, the similar thing is also involved in the the book, we call it as the rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki. I don't know whether you have read it or not. Yeah, I have read Yeah, he had worked in a company for most of his uh, lifetime, but on a side basis, he also worked with real estate and uh, you know, uh, ran other different uh, business or uh, other things so that he could make that money out of it. So can we say that you are also doing a kind of similar thing or you made plan how to do similar kind of thing, like doing an absolute amazing job at one end and running a different kind of thing on the other side?
1: Okay. So yeah, so passive income, uh, being a passive entrepreneur is something you can always look up to because Mm -hmm. you can't be a direct entrepreneur. If you can't be the direct entrepreneur, you can always be a passive entrepreneur. And you can always generate that extra money being a passive entrepreneur and generate like even solve problems passively. Mm -hmm. So but currently, I am more looking towards my professional career at this point of time. Yeah, Yeah, I'm hoping and it doesn't mean that I'm not looking for sidekicks. I'm doing that as well. But I'm more focused about my professional career because I just graduated last year. But yeah. definitely I would be looking towards that entrepreneur side someday in future after gaining some industry level knowledge, after gaining some industry level expertise and uh, experience. And um, I would be more than happy to be an
0: entrepreneur someday. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Okay. So uh, we like I always uh, say to my audience that uh, you know using LinkedIn as a as their tool to network with people is really a good thing. So do you think that using LinkedIn or how a student can leverage his or her performance by using LinkedIn so that they can meet new people and make ultimately make more opportunities out of their exp- I mean usage of LinkedIn. So uh, what is the importance of LinkedIn in a student's life basically in today's time?
1: okay so a uh, linkedin is more like a uh, new resume thing so because <laughs> even if i am i am an employer i would look and if you're applying off campus right mm-hmm. in non-campus you, you are just going there and applying with a piece of paper and you were telling in the interview that you have done this and that mm-hmm. but suppose you're off- applying offline or you want to look for jobs on internet but being an employer i have only one thing to look up to that is the linkedin profile linkedin profile or yeah, so the first thing that I would go on is a LinkedIn profile. I will see like how much engaged you are there on that community, how much work you are doing. Mm-hmm. And that gives me a basic idea of your profile, how you are, a basic idea of as your character as well, what, what kind of stuff you do. Okay. So LinkedIn is now a go-to thing for many employers. and But yes, this culture is still to come in India. Like They are doing it, but because of the Indian education system. Uh, people are more oriented towards mm. like on-campus placements, but if you go, if you see outside of India, like LinkedIn is a modeling thing, people get job through. <laughs> so, everyone is applying to jobs through LinkedIn only. Through LinkedIn only, or, yeah. yeah. And you get to network with people, you get to build your personal brand. Mm-hmm. So, that is something really important, and it's always better than using Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, So, that's my suggestion right. yeah. to students, right? Yeah. Like, because if be... you are spending... Mm-hmm. Yeah, continue. Yeah, go ahead. No, you can. Okay, so uh, even I spend many, I spend a lot of time using Facebook and Instagram, but uh, because of my extracurricular activities, I was like, I got introduced to LinkedIn, the benefits of LinkedIn. And from my second year onwards, I was really active on LinkedIn. Uh, Initially, just used to get connected with people and make uh, no conversations at all but my recommendation to everyone would be if you are making a connection make it meaningful Mm -hmm. Um, have like small chit chat with them because you don't know when it can benefit you and in in what ways it can benefit you so it's always good to have that chit chat thing because if you're doing that on Facebook it's better to do on LinkedIn in more professional way
0: (laughs) yeah 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 I mean LinkedIn provides you I mean what I think is that every connection comes up with a new opportunity if you can look from that point of view right yeah, so uh,
1: and it's and always it, I I I always say this thing. It's always good to explore opportunities. You always yeah. need to open that door.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. So uh, we also see a lot of certificates that are being uh, you know displayed on a lot of profiles on uh, LinkedIn, and uh, there are a lot of dozens of certificates that people are trying to collect from one place or the other. So do you think that these certificates are really important, or pe- most of the people are doing it just for the sake of getting a certificate? And uh, you can't, cannot really differentiate between whether it's a genuine certificate, like whether a person has actually learned that particular skill or they are just, you know, bluffing around LinkedIn. So what do you think about that?
1: Right. So in like, in most cases, the most cases that I have seen on LinkedIn, so I mm-hmm. feel uh, people are like more towards like bluffing or faking it out. And they're just like every certificate I do, they put it on their LinkedIn. They put it <laughs> everywhere. And they just like, because most, because if you see many courses, the answers are readily readily av- available on internet. You don't exactly. need to do anything to pass those exams. So, and even the interviewer knows this thing, right? So at the end of the day, they are going to bust you or they will, they will, they will like, catch you if you're laughing. So it's always exactly. important to focus on your knowledge. It's always important to like, be honest. And even if you're learning something, learn it from your heart. Exactly. Try to grab the knowledge out of it rather than just uh, doing it for the sake of certificate.
0: Yes, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, get uh, I mean, acquiring proper and a genuine knowledge is much more important than bluffing around with certificates on the (laughs) link, just in order to get that spotlight somewhere or the other. Yeah,
1: so and, and I will tell you one interesting fact about myself. Yeah, yeah sure. So even when I was going for my interviews now, mm-hmm. so at that point of time, I didn't have like many certificates or some like anything, if even if you see my profile, I acquired most of the certificate certificates post my placement
0: okay.
1: and people actually try to do this thing because to get placements. So it won't help you in getting placement first thing <laughs> Yeah, so that you can do as an extra thing, but not as a proper mainstream thing to get your job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Certificate is always a side thing.
0: Side thing, yeah. And it should be kept at side things only. Like you should not your primary focus should not be on getting more and more certificates, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we uh, one interesting certificate that I saw on your profile is about the delegate of from Harvard uh, university or something like that. So can you please elaborate that?
1: Yeah, what so that? actually yeah. it's a yeah, it's a conference that happens from Harvard University, mm-hmm. uh HPR and i got the opportunity to recently participate in that conference even though i'm pleased and i'm working but i always take conferences as an opportunity to meet amazing people so yes. it happened like last month like january around mm-hmm. january 13th so basically it's a like 3 day conference in which they invite global leaders speakers from different backgrounds to talk upon okay. future things so this year theme was embracing change moving towards a post covid world and like there were yeah. different tracks in it. I was a part of the media and marketing marketing and governance track. And uh, you get to network with a lot of people, you get to network with global leaders. So that's something interesting. And like all the students who is watching this can look up to these kind of opportunities. Yeah. And, yeah like at the end if you are learning something, it's always good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, one last piece of advice that you would like to give all the audience who is watching this right now, all the students basically who are in their first or second year, uh, one piece of advice that you would like to give.
1: Yeah. So, uh, one piece of advice that would be from my end is that never like go, never be a last last minute person. You have four years with you do something productive build your profile from the very start because it's better not to stress yourself you can maybe you can do it in the last minute but why to stress yourself exactly it's better to build something yeah yeah, utilize your years utilize your time yeah yeah and it's never lead to follow your passion all
0: right so with this we end our podcast and thank you so much for joining us on this amazing journey And I really hope that people would have acquired some value from this podcast. And uh, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Uncle.